Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yannier Molina. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the D.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. All right, so let's get into this fifth spot in the rotation thing for a few minutes here. The and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up some of the things that I got on on the Twitter, and I know that the Twitter is only uh, well, it's not always very useful for gauging people's reactions to things. But the other day uh, on Wednesday, uh, Oliver Marmel decided announced that that Jordan Hicks would be the Cardinals' fifth starter, and I tweeted that out, and immediately the reactions were. Well, kind of ridiculous, to be honest with you. I'm not sure I understand why this idea is is received so terribly because every response that I got that that was negative or didn't like it came down to a poor assumption as to how this was actually going to work. So, he, yes, he, he's been named the fifth starter, but it... He's not going to be used the same way that Adam Wainwright is going to be used. He's not going to be used to go throw it, as Mo put it, like we're not going to ask him to throw 100 pitches. Here, here's the way that it looks. And, and what's funny is a lot of the reaction that I got were, was, of course, as, as you would think, every criticism of the Cardinals comes down to spending money. Well, they should have just spent on somebody. Well, they didn't. And, you know, the way that I put it with a couple, I had a couple of people that I had, a, I shouldn't say a couple, I had a lot of reaction on it. And I, my, my response was, I don't know why this is surprising. The team has talked about this the last two off seasons for both Hicks and Reyes. He was using the spring to build up to work multiple innings. But it was never with the idea that he would be a traditional or that Reyes would be a traditional starter at least initially. So we learned a couple of things about this over the last couple of days. Um, had a chance to bring it up with both uh, Michael Gersh and John Moselock yesterday uh, from our Kegs and Eggs broadcast. And their descriptions were pretty simple. And I'm going to paraphrase it. But it's pretty simple. And it's this. He's going to come in and start the game. And they'll evaluate it inning by inning. It's not what you would think of technically as an opener, which is a guy that comes in, pitches to the top of the order, and then comes out of the game. The, the ideal world here would be the guy does get a chance to throw maybe three innings, or maybe the idea is one full time through the order, you know, if things are going well. But, uh, but as Mo pointed out in detail when we were talking to him yesterday, they're going to be monitoring the 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 heavy workload innings. They're going to be monitoring the the tough innings. So if the pitch count gets up there, let's say Hicks has a 30 pitch first inning, he's probably not going back out there. If he goes out and has a 15 pitch first inning, probably is going to go back out there. And then you assess it again. Those heavy workload innings are the problem that you want to stay away from for a guy like Hicks. And the other benefit that they describe to this is giving him a routine. Right, so if this goes as planned, and I, I'm not, I'm not even trying to convince you that it will. I have no idea. 
I don't love the idea of an opener as a game plan, but I like the idea of being creative however you need to be when you're dealing with covering for injuries, which is what this is. This is covering Jack Flaherty's injury until he can come back, or at least for the time being. And when you think about the concept of of what an opener has been, the opener is used for two real kind of two kind of purposes, right? It's either a left right split thing, right? So you use an opener that's left handed. The idea is that you hope that the top of the order for the other team goes the opposite; they go right handed, and then after an inning, you bring in a righty, and now they've got their lineup all jumbled up. This is not really that. This is. All right, this is a leverage pitcher. This is a guy that throws 100-plus miles an hour with movement, and when he executes his slider, his slider is a really good pitch. So you're taking a guy that you would trust in the 7th, 8th, or ninth inning, and you're using him in the 1st or 2nd inning, maybe eventually the 3rd inning, against the best hitters in their order. So you're putting your best guy, one of your most talented guys, against their best guys right out of the gate with the idea that you hold them in there, you score a couple runs, and now you can kind of play matchups the rest of the way because you have, you know, in in today's game right now, you've got 10 bullpen arms. Every team that wanted it has 15 pitchers, 10 bullpen arms. So it gives you the chance to do some strategic things. But the other part of it is, They're hoping this will help keep Jordan Hicks healthy initially. When you think about what it's like to be a relief pitcher, relief pitcher's life can be chaotic. Okay, we need you to be ready in two batters. Go. We need you to be ready in one batter. Go. Get ready. Hey, we need you today, and look, we might need you tomorrow. And then maybe we need you three out of four days. And it can be chaotic. And it's, you know, every time you get up to get hot – you're, you're putting work on your body. You're putting work on your arm. And this is a player that's had arm problems. So maybe you get more out of him using him for two or three innings on one day as opposed to two or three outings during the course of a week or during the course of a five-day stretch, right? Because really, you know, he's going to pitch every fifth day, not necessarily once a week. So you're probably going to get at least the same number of innings out of him. You're getting them at the beginning instead of at the end, but you're controlling the workload. You're controlling the ability for him to come out there and warm up properly, not have to do the quick get up and get hot thing, not get up and get down and get up and get down and then come into the game. And by the way, the other part, and I think Mo mentioned it might have been Michael Gersh. I can't remember. One of them, I think, mentioned this yesterday. Then it also when you're when he's when you're working in a setting like that, where you're starting every fifth day, even if it's just two innings at a time, you can also throw bullpen sessions in between. That's not something that a reliever can typically do because you might be needed that day or the next day. So if you're working as a traditional reliever, getting a bullpen session in to maintain your mechanics, to to fix a problem if there is one at some point is damn near impossible because now you're taking a piece out of the bullpen for that day. And, you know, 
Maybe some days that can work. Lots of other days it can't. But if he's in there as the starter, he can be in that routine. You got a regular warm-up routine. You're getting yourself ready the way that you want to, throwing the number of pitches that you want to with the intensity that you want to. And you're also having that opportunity for midweek throws where you can throw a bullpen session, you know, two days after you pitch and two days before you pitch again. It gives you the opportunity to do that. And I think what they're hoping is that, yes, this will give them a competitive advantage in that you have a really good pitcher out there in the beginning, and then you can play matchups after that with all the arms you have, but also hopefully getting him off to a healthier start and helping him maintain his mechanics and his consistency by being able to do the side work that goes along with being a starting pitcher. Now, could it end up being something that down the down the road later in the year that he ends up being able to go four or five innings? Well, sure, you can build up to that. But that's not what's going to happen now. They're not going to be out there and say, okay, Jordan, go get us five innings. It's not going to happen. And what's funny to me is that when the Cardinals do it, and they're doing it as a response to an injury, not because it was their plan all along. When the Cardinals do it, it's all because they're cheap and they wouldn't go sign another starter. Because, you know, everybody spends an extra 15 or $20 million a year on a sixth starter when you've got five other starters already under contract. But when the Rays do it, oh, look how smart Tampa is. Look at how much they make out of the resources they have. Look at them. They, they're innovators. So when the Rays do it, it's smart and innovative. But when the Cardinals do it, it's cheap. I, can't, I mean, come on. Try to be... Like, try to put the pieces together here and say, okay, th- this is one plan that may or may not last. I mean, we might find out after a, a game or two that, all right, this is not a good idea. But it's a response to an injury when you don't necessarily have a better choice. Now, maybe it works out great. Maybe he goes out there and he gives you a couple really good innings. And then you can say, all right, where are we in the game? Are we ahead? Are we behind? If we're behind, all right, let's see if if Verhagen and Brooks can eat some innings for us. If we're ahead, ah, maybe we do play the matchups a little bit. Or maybe we're like, hey, maybe one of those guys or Jake Woodford can actually give us four or five innings in relief because now we have a lead and they can go out there and and eat those innings. So I'm I'm not trying to advocate for it as a great idea. But there weren't any other ideas at this point to replace Flaherty that are going to make you all happy. And everybody's like, you should have traded for Manaya. <laughs> okay, they didn't. If you want to constantly complain about things that a team has not done, all right. But let's talk about what the options are in real time at the moment and then maybe see where they go. You know, the other thing that kind of makes me chuckle occasionally, and I'm going to close on this, this part of the, I'm not closing the show early, just closing this part of the conversation, is that when the Cardinals have gone into free agency and spent a bunch of money on guys, hasn't really worked. Has it? How'd it go with Dexter Fowler or Andrew Miller or Greg Holland or Brett Cecil? They've been much better 
at acquiring big talent via trade, right? Marcelo Zuna, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. And they've been much better, much more success at the lower end purchases. Miles Michaelis, as an example. Get somebody that has some upside, get him in on a pretty good bargain, and then see what you got. They've been better at that. So maybe stick to what you're good at. There is a time and a place where you have to spend money. And if and if you on on proven players, right? On proven guys. And I, I will I will fully understand and back anybody whose position is I wish they would have signed Marcus Stroman instead of Steven Matz. Okay. Fine. But where's the reporting that says Stroman preferred the Cardinals to the Cubs? You don't know what the players want. You don't know what they asked. You don't know if they were like, mm, I got better things I like, teams, I like, places I like better. You have no idea. But I do know this, and this is the part that's ultimately fair. This team sets the expectation that they want to be in the playoffs every year. The manager has already said multiple times this spring, the job is to win the World Series. And that's the, that's the standard that they're going to be judged on. That's going to be, guys, what keeps 3 million fans coming through the gates. I see this all the time. Like, well, they can do this because of 3 million. Guys, the only reason they draw 3 million a year is because they've been good forever. It's not a chicken or the egg. You got to be good first to draw. You don't have the draw and then be like, well, we'll be just good enough. Okay, so I wanted to cover the, the Hicks thing because I, I, I don't know if it's good. I really don't. It's kind of like the managerial change. I don't know if it's good. But it's not automatically a ridiculous thing either because you have to understand how it's going to work. On that note, I'm going to ask a question next up. Why is it so hard to not panic early in a baseball season? Why is it hard to just be calm? You know, you're going to lose games in June. You're going to lose games in July. If your team gets off to a bad start or if a player gets off to a bad start, why is it so hard to not panic? And I mean for fans. We get into it next up on KMOX.